Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host James and today we are looking over the episode The Tiniest Animal Store. Now you might be thinking this is a bit soon after the release of the last episode and you would be right but there is a reason I have a plan for something so I am going to be jamming through like the next few episodes just to get my plan set up and I have the time because I don't work at all this week but that is neither here nor there so let us begin I think I said the name of the episode already but uh, just in case we're going over the episode, The Tiniest Animal Store. <sighs> Alright, let's do this. I am not a fan of this episode. I'm not a big fan of this episode. So, let's, uh, let's get started. So, a fancy-looking car pulls up to Littlest Pet Shop. A man walks in saying he's a TV producer who has, like, hit shows such as, uh, like, I only remember three of the four, and it's like the Grady Bunch, Tuna Casserole, and his personal favorite of Throw It on the Wall and See What Sticks. He needs a birthday present for the pot-bellied pig of an actor, and Blythe Vegan's helping, but the guy yells, but he's on the phone. It's that, like, classic, you know, miscommunication kind of Thing. And that's gonna be a joke for the whole, whole episode. I am not, I am not enthused at all by this episode. So he asks Splith's opinion and actually asks her because he was on the phone before. When she helps, she yells, okay, I am. When she helps, she, he yells to his phone again. And, uh, this, I am... I am sorry for the approach most of this episode is going to take of just me being exhausted by this episode. I am sorry. So while distracted, Russell and Vinny come up to Blythe to settle an argument about who's taller. Russell thinks it's unfair that Vinny is counting his tail and walking on his hands, but Vinny rebuts this by saying if Russell can count his quills, Vinny can use his tail. I thought Vinny was taller anyway, but mainly due to the hair scale things that he has. I don't know. But Blythe tells them she's with a customer. The TV producer asks what's up, and Blythe lies and says she's on the phone as well, but I forgot my earpiece. Ha 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 ha. Trying to play it off like that. The producer, who has a name, I did not, like, get it until, like, midway through the episode. Because I am just not that enthused by this episode enough to go back much. So, his name is Dick Von Pat. So, he says that uh, he thought she was talking to the animals, but laughs it off. Then he gets an idea. He tells the person on the phone about a show where a girl works at a pet store and can speak and understand 
animals called the tiniest animal star. So that that right there is what gets me unenthused about this. That right there is like it, it's the main component of like why I don't like this episode. And I just it as as the episode progresses it only gets worse. I am I'm sorry. I just need to get this episode out of the way. I need to rip it off like a band-aid. So, let's keep it going. So, the producer is looking around the play area and thinks it's inspired while describing the show about how like, oh, like yeah, the the, the girl can't tell anyone cuz people think she's weird. And it's like fun, and uh, I, I, I don't know how I got five pages of notes out of this either. Of all of the episodes where something could go wrong, it has to be this episode. I recorded three more minutes, but I stopped, and then. I realized that this went out on me somehow. And I'm just going to pause now to see if it did it again. It did not. So let's keep going. So he even says that, like, we won't need writers because the scripts write themselves. Maybe that's what happened with this uh, episode. Maybe no writer, like, looked this over. Or, I don't know. Like, my my personal theory is that, like, my own personal theory on how most of the episodes got written were that the writers would uh, light up and write then. But this episode... uh. They they did the first part, but didn't write. And then, like, when they were coming down, they realized they didn't write anything, so they just wrote this in a panic. Because I don't know how else to explain the, like, sheer nosedive in quality this episode has taken, especially from the first six episodes of the season. Like, I know I said Game of Thrones isn't really meant to be looked under a microscope, but it's still, like, a fun episode. It still has its merits. And, like, episodes one through five are excellent. And, like, have purpose. Like, one, four, and, like, five especially of season four are amazing they're like like top tier episodes and like two and three are also really good and then this episode 
this episode it's just so bad I don't get it okay the recording went out on me again but I think I fixed the problem for now at least so whatever here we go the producer like takes a look at uh, the dumbwaiter and says it's a classic trope and the pets all answer about that I didn't bother getting anyone's specific answer even though that's something I would normally do uh, it's just this episode just feels like pulling teeth to me I guess in more ways than one so Zoe thinks that this will be her time in the spotlight, but Blythe thinks that it'll just get out of hand, so she wants to stop it at the source. Blythe asks uh, Dick Von Patz about not doing the show because she's afraid it'll link back to her, and people will think she talks to animals, and people will think she's weird. The producer says that they'll use fake names so they won't connect it to her. And he thinks Blythe is angling for a spot on the show. But Blythe says no because she's already a fashion maker. And the producer thinks that she can make the costumes for the show as a way to get her more on board. Blythe asks for confirmation that they won't use her name. And he does confirm it. But he's actually on the phone with someone from the Grady Bunch and leaves. So he walks out. And is talking on the phone, but uh, Mrs. Tomley is there and thinks he's talking to her. And they have a conversation about having a show that is uh, set in a pet store, in this pet store. But he's partaking in the conversation on the phone. And Mrs. Tomley, this is actually a really good bit because Mrs. Twombly is a Queen, and we stand. We stand, Mrs. T, here at the Littlest Petcast. We stand a queen. Okay? So, after Dick Von Pat leaves, Mrs. Twombly says something bad about him, but then asks the secret cameras that are filming to cut that. She is a queen. <laughs> So, meanwhile, Blythe is in her room, and she has finished sketching designs for the pets. So, Dick Von Pat calls, and Blythe says that she just finished the sketches for the pets' costumes. But Dick says that they've changed the script, and now the animals are going to be played by human actors, which disturb the pets. Which the pets kind of thought they were playing themselves in the show. And also... That, like... Like, they would have to have voice actors at least. Like, they, they kind of were. Because, like, Dick says that they changed the script to, like, do this. Like... Like, it was part of the original script, but they changed it. I don't know. This is, uh, weird. 
this whole thing is a bit odd, but it does it does go back to its uh like odd nature instead of what most of this episode has been. So uh Blythe, he wants Blythe to make animal costumes for the humans and they also got uh this actress Lola something on board. I forgot her last name. Her first name is Falona Gaga. Lona Falona Gaga. I am 80% sure on that. On board and Dick hangs up and Zoe is in agony over this decision. So Zoe freaks out, uh, clings to Sunil, but Penny says that maybe they'll get a great actress to play Zoe and this cheers Zoe up because of course... She then imagines an award show where the category is uh, people playing pets. And uh, Lola, who was mentioned on the phone, uh, was playing Zoe. And we see a scene. She's in a Zoe costume, which looks like Mike Myers and Cat in the Hat. But with Zoe instead of the Cat in the Hat. She delivers the line, friends, Romans, countrymen, I plan to bury my bone. Not praise it. Alright. Oh, a little delightful nod to Shakespeare there. Let's keep going. It So Lola wins and she and Zoe are excited. And Zoe licks Lola but it turns out she's just licking Sunil in real life. And like that scene was kind of good. But it just gets sucked out. When uh, Zoe says, only a truly fabulous actress can play someone as fabulous as myself. And that's just kind of what I don't like about this episode. It's way too self-congratulatory at times. Like, oh, this is such a great show idea. Let's tell everyone how great a show idea this is. Oh, I'm such a great actress. Let me use my character to tell people how great an actress I am. It's just so... Uh, I don't... I don't like this. It's way too, like... Like, full of itself. It It's just very self-congratulatory in a moment that doesn't deserve it. Like, this entire episode is just, like, self-congratulatory and a mess. I'm sorry. Meanwhile, uh, Mrs. Tombly is dressed to the nines because she thinks she's on a TV show and she's playing it up as such. And then like a customer comes in and she helps the customer and then turns to the camera or where she thinks the camera is it's amazing i love this scene i love this scene she turns back to where she thinks the camera is and addresses her policy and the customer just leaves because she's being weird but this is amazing and I love it this 
I can't believe I forgot about this shining beacon in the middle of this, like, cold, dark, lifeless episode that really just, like, I don't know, makes me not as sad about watching this episode. But there are a lot of little moments that feel like this moment but they all get swallowed in the darkness of just how uninspired, like, self-congratulatory and just badness of this episode. So, Blythe is uh, working in the pet shop when Dick Von Pat appears through the dumbwaiter, which, why was he in Blythe's room? That's weird. That's also, like, the only stop, I believe. Which is also a bit weird for a dumbwaiter. But I don't know what this building used to be. Well, I know what it used to be. It used to be that, like, feed store. But that was, like, over a hundred years ago from this point. But whatever. So he says, you are fired, but he's on the phone. But Dick actually has good news for Blythe. And that they greenlit the pilot. Blythe looks at the title and sees that it still refers to herself and her real life. So she yells about this and Dick agrees to take it out and asks if they're cool. Blythe says they are and apologizes for overreacting. Dick says she's creative and overacting is in her job description. Uh, He also says that the actors are going to stop by to take notes and mirror their counterparts. Blythe points out that this pet shop might be too little for everyone, but Dick says that due to budget reasons, they're only casting three animal actors. They're casting the monkey, the hedgehog, and the gecko. Dick leaves through the window like he's some kind of like weird genie of sorts. He's a magic TV producing genie who just like pops in whenever. Kind of like Al Roker and the Proud Family. Except that was good. And this isn't. Because they get Al Roker to do this. And it's amazing. Uh, I like... Uh, I really should rewatch Proud Family at some point. Uh, like, I I don't remember a lot from it, but it was a long time ago. But it's so good, though. Everything I remember about the Proud Family is, like, great. And I love it. Back to, <laughs> back to this episode. Zoe is freaking out hard about this, and she asks who Lola will play if not her. Blythe pops out the window and asks... Dick, who Lola will play, and Dick says she'll be playing you. Not you, Jerry, which is the funniest part of this gag, because it's in reverse, and it's one of the only funny bits of this gag, despite it lasting the entire episode. Let's go back to a gag that's actually funny. Mrs. Trombley still thinks she's on a TV show. And she hears someone come in. 
She talks to the camera about this, and she notes the appearance of the producer who's there with the actors and asks how long this show's going to last. When Dick says, I don't know, Mrs. Trombley asks how she's doing, and she thinks she can spice things up by breaking out her kung fu quilting. She does a little demo in her ball gown, and the cast and Dick freak out. Mrs. Twombly is a queen. She can do kung fu in an elegant ball gown. We stan. We stan. Yes. Okay. So Dick and the actors, Lola, Gary, Bob, and Zelda, come into the play area and introduce them to Blythe and the pets who they will be mirroring. Blythe asks, uh, if they aren't playing us, why do they need to study us? Dick clarifies that they need to know what a non-specific girl and non-specific pets do in a non-specific pet shop. This this guy's a genie, a monkey monkey's paw style genie of like TV production. And I will say that. So, the actors begin taking notes. Pepper complains about not having comedy without her. Penny complains about the lack of a cute character without her. And Sunil joins her on that without him. So he says that they don't know what they're doing if they're not casting her. But Russell then says, No need for sour grapes. I mean, they cast me just fine. Handsome, rugged, fearless. However, when Russell approaches Gary, he gets scared. So Sunil asks Vinny what he's doing, and he's thinking, but Vinny says he's trying to appear thoughtful for his actor, but Bob, the actor playing him, just takes it to mean that he's boring. Vinny and Sunil freak out, and Sunil suggests he dances. So Vinny does, but he trips up and ends up with Sunil's foot in his mouth. And the actor knows that geckos are clumsy and like to eat mongoose, which is frightening to Vinny. Minka is doing okay with Zelda, but Zelda trips and falls, and Minka notices that problem right away. So meanwhile, Blythe is in her room. When she hears something from the dumbwaiter, she opens it, and it's Lola who is stuck. Meanwhile, Dick did not get stuck in the elevator. He is magic. He is magic, and he is here to, uh, like, hurricane through Blythe's life. That is my headcanon for this episode. It's a lot better than the headcanon I came up with from the previous worst episode of the series. Well, no, that that's actually really good, but it's a lot less frightening or into it. Man, that... That whole thing is another thing. I'm just I'm saving all of that for the end of the episode. So uh, Lola says that she's method, so she has to, you know, get in the head of the character that she's playing. This should alarm Blythe because she's not playing Blythe, or so says Dick, but it doesn't. So, but Lola sits down at Blythe's desks and looks through her sketches and compliments them. Blythe accepts the compliments and Lola goes off on how she likes playing talented people like Blythe. So she asks Blythe, are you married? What's your favorite food? What nightclubs do you go to? 
Blythe says that she's too young to go to nightclubs. And Lola has a freak out about how she's playing a child. But then it's like, oh, of course I'm playing a child because I look so young compared to my real age, which you don't know and shouldn't ask. Do you have any concealer? And Blythe is annoyed by this. So the pets come up through the dumbwaiter and complain about their actors, but Zoe huffs and says, at least they're in it, although they're not doing a great job thus far, Zoe. If they cast you, it would probably not work as well, and you would be even more furious. But Blythe says, not now, and Lola thinks it's cool that, like, it seems like Blythe actually talks to them and compliments her method. So, TV genie Dick comes in out of nowhere and tells Lila about a fitting at the studio. Blythe gives Dick her costume ideas, and he's like, oh yeah, that's great, and he pockets them, but uh, he doesn't look at them. So Dick tells Blythe that the executives liked it, they need to tweak a few things about the script, and like one of the things is hit it with a funny hammer, but they loved it. Blythe looks at the script and sees that they have added to the title based on the life of Blythe Baxter, who works at the Littlest Pet Shop, and is understandably upset. Dick says that the execs think people will tune in more if they know it's based on a real-life person. But Dick says that she can still stop it if she wants to, and that dress rehearsal is tomorrow. Blythe says that uh, he just said she can stop it. And Dick says they aren't doing it today. More proof he's a genie. He does not understand how time works. He is a TV producing genie who just magics in and stuff. So he invites Blythe and the pets to come down for dress rehearsal. And if all goes well, they'll shoot the pilot the next day. Roger comes out in his uniform and asks, what did he just say? Which is a good joke, and I love it. Although it is Roger we're talking about. And every moment with Roger is basically gold. It's amazing, and I love it. So Blythe is at dress rehearsal with the pets, and there's an audience, like... I don't know how TV production works, but I don't know how many people come down to dress rehearsal that's not Saturday Night Live. Or maybe it is. I don't I don't even know that much. Like, I only know, like, Saturday Night Live does dress rehearsal because of, like, various stories I've heard from uh, SNL alum who, uh, like, were on late night shows and did interviews and stuff like that. So, whatever. It seems weird that there'd be, like, a casual audience for a dress rehearsal. Like, I'm assuming there would be, like, I don't know, more executive types or, like, like people checking it out, seeing what's up, spying on the competition, maybe. It's weird. I don't know. So Blythe complains about how they didn't get the characters right and it's not supposed to be based on them, which seems like two opposing ideas. But Blythe is grateful for the opportunity to do costume designs. But Jeannie Dick says that they went with someone else and that's showbiz! And then, oh dear. Oh dear. 
Uh, This is one of the things that kills it for me. Like, okay, so we see the intro for the tiniest animal star. Like, I, I know that the pets and Blythe aren't supposed to like this and the rest of the show. But in their attempt to try to be bad, they just went so bad that it's not even enjoyable. So the the story, as explained in the intro, is that Blythe is an island princess who inherited a pet shop from her uncle and moves to the big city and is a fish out of water and she gets zapped by aliens which allows her to speak to animals and the animals all of that cat in the hat quality to the costumes and uh, uh, I don't like I really thought any explanation would be better than the no explanation they've had for like three seasons but like now that we have an explanation even though it's not complete this is a complete explanation and it's still uh, 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 I don't I don't like this episode I really don't this this is how all of the like good gets lost because, like, this is just the, like, sticking point. This is, like, the sore thumb of an otherwise decent-looking hand. No, this is, like, the cancer thumb of an otherwise decent-looking hand. Because it's just... Uh, so, the show starts, and Vinny... The the character in the show... Oh, dear. It makes sense when writing notes to just put Vinny in quotation marks and the characters in quotation marks. So, I'm just going to say the characters' names as they are, and then I'll add real uh, when uh, necessary. So... The show starts and Vinny complains about not having any mongoose to eat. And Russell says he's a good bodyguard because he scared all the mongoose away. Or he says mongooses. And Vinny is mad because that was his dinner and also it's mongoose. So Minka stumbles in and Blythe comments on her accident proneness. And Minka looks at the camera for Oz. And Blythe says that being here is nice, but it impedes on her dream of being an actress. And, okay. Uh, Okay, to get this far, Dick needs to be a genie. So, the premise is an island princess who moves to the city and is a fish out of water, who gets a pet shop, who then meets aliens to, like, talk to animals, and then she also wants to be an actress. And also, really, just despite it being based off of Blythe's life, real Blythe's life, she should be happy that this isn't anything remotely related to her life. But the quality of this production is very, very bad. 
so quotes Blythe says that she failed her audition and quotes Russell says she can still make the audition and Blythe says that Russell isn't smart and Vinny points out that they made a time machine for them so is this just an attack on me now is this my punishment for saying things are and are not too crazy for this show? Is it like, I don't know, do, do they know, is, is Dick a real genie and they know I was like weirding out like as I was watching it, like as it was airing, sort of, and is they want to make this the most miserable experience for me because like oh we'll show them crazy things that aren't crazy and make it uninteresting like i mean yeah is a time machine not too crazy for this oh but our kung fu quilting is too crazy it is though it really is i just i'm gonna get into it at the end but just know that this, it just feels bad every step of the way. Well, most steps of the way. Like, like there are, like, a few good jokes, but this last bit is just... Uh... So, they cut production, so uh, everyone takes five, and then back with the real Pats and Blythe, Zoe says she's glad she's not in it, and Blythe points out that this is awful, and she should have stopped this, but designing the costumes was too good of an opportunity to pass up, which is fair. That's a fair point. So, Zoe has a plan for how to fix this mess and she whispers it to everyone so the show is rolling again and russell in quotes thinks that they're going to the dark ages despite them making the time machine for blythe to redo her audition so he brings a flashlight but it's an umbrella and blythe points out to Russell, but Russell says he knows and he's actually super smart and organized. Lola breaks character and says those aren't the lines. And Gary says he's reading off the teleprompter. And then he explains the theory of relativity and its history as Russell. Meanwhile, Vinny wants to get some mongoose to eat before they head out. But Vinny and Sunil pose for a photo and somehow send it to Bob. I don't care. Maybe everyone just knows every phone number psychically. I don't know. I don't care. That would make that other episode make sense, but I don't care. And they send it to Bob, who sees it and realizes that geckos and mongoose are BFFs. And Minka says she got back from the hospital again, but real Minka interrupts and starts causing a ruckus. Penny comes over and scares Gary while Minka grabs Lola's wig and runs around. 
uh, like knocking over the time machine and the set while uh, Bob and Lola chase uh, Minka as Penny chases Gary and the two sides collide into Zelda and then Pepper blasts them with her scent and Dick calls cut which is weird because he's a producer not a director and he says that the show is ruined. Blythe quotes apologizes and then Dick asks her to leave when she doesn't comply he says to leave again and she says I'm sorry I didn't know if you were talking to me or your phone because I never do which is the second funniest bit in this and Lola who seems pretty chill about everything that just happened approaches Blythe and says sorry that the show didn't work Blythe says she isn't, and that she's more upset about not having her costumes used. But Lola says that they are, because she passed them off to a costume designer, and they want to give Blythe an internship, and Blythe is excited. So, yay. I mean, this would be good, but it's just in this void of terribleness. Like, normally I'd be congratulating it, but even this seems hackneyed at this point. So, at Littlest Pet Shop, Mrs. Twombly is complaining about having to be interesting all the time. Blythe asks if she's alright, and then Mrs. Twombly says, Please, Blythe, you're standing in my key light. We stand a queen! Mrs. Twombly is amazing. You all should love her. She is a queen. So Dick walks in and says he remembers he was supposed to get a gift for that pot-bellied pig and says that the show is canceled and Mrs. Twombly is relieved. Blythe asks if they didn't like it and Dick says the executives found it too ridiculous. Who would believe that a girl would talk to pets? And he laughs in a way that makes me feel uncomfortable and leaves. Blythe says not us and she and the animals Look into the actual camera over a laugh track, which ends the episode, which stings. It is not great. I don't like it. Oh, boy. So, as I said, this is probably the worst episode in the series. Like, I know I said before that Terriers and Tiaras was probably the worst episode in the series, but at least that accomplished its goal. It was supposed to make you feel uncomfortable about Blythe getting sucked into the world of pageantry. And it did that. I'm just not a big fan of that kind of episode. Especially when every other episode up until that point is not like that. This, I'm not sure what it's trying to accomplish, but it's obviously failing at that. It's misguided self-congratulations at best. And it's a mean-spirited response to some forms of criticism at worst. And also, like, when I say things like, by season three, shrinking magic doesn't seem weird to me because kung fu quilting exists. Like, when I say, like, the show is generally outlandish and weird at times, it's not even that much of a criticism. It's, like, it's weird, yes, but it's not bad. 
it gives the show a personality and a sense of uniqueness that like makes it stand out like that the spirit of its weirdness is what made me want to do this podcast in the first place and this episode is just like you know all that weirdness well here it is on full display have fun it's not supposed to be weird it's just it's very very just bad it's so bad like there are like a few good bits in this but it's just too surrounded by like whatever like horrible horrible thing this episode is it's like meant to prove something I don't understand and it doesn't prove anything it just it just drains the life out of me it is not at all fun okay it's partially fun parts of it are fun Mrs. Twombly is fun that one bit with Roger is fun everything else like there there are like a few decent things but it's mostly just bad and I don't want to talk about this episode anymore and I won't so that should do it for this episode of the Littlest Petcast be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine on the Apple Podcasts on the Google Play Store and wherever else RSS feeds go when when they're running away from this episode. I don't have anything. And to be sure to tune in for the next episode, Spend a Thrifty. I will see you then. At least the worst is behind us. <laughs>